Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Pager. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment. And most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to thelonelymarketers.com for links to all of our social channels and to sign up for our newsletter. But now, it's time for the show. Let's do this. Hi there, everybody. Uh, Simon Lewis here from the Members Only Recruitment Leader Network. I'm joined today by the wonderful Glenn Southam from Two Ends. Uh, he and I are going to be discussing uh, the rise of the recruitment marketer. I'm looking ahead at 2022. Uh, reflecting partially on the last 18 months and trying to get to grips with what has occurred in recruitment marketing and how and how the the, the life cycle of that really really important role uh, may well now be changing so um welcome glenn thank you very much simon happy to be here thanks for inviting me um, no no you're welcome look you and i have um we, we've sort of conjured this title of the rise of the the recruitment marketer which is quite a uh, it's quite a broad um sort of term if you like so i think it's probably useful to get to the nub of what we mean by that so yeah. um explain explain sort of where you're coming from with that Glenn. I, I think probably you know rise of recruitment marketer slash recruitment marketing as well if, if i speak from from personal experience um when i started two ends back in 2018 my focus and, and i thought my value would be very much within the, the fast growth recruitment businesses you know those, those companies that were 60 70 people going to going to 100 as quickly as possible and that and that still is the case now and i never thought that i would be having discussions i never thought that i'd have clients with a lot smaller recruitment businesses earlier on in their journey about marketing so i think that's kind of you know that that's quite a salient point is that certainly over the past 18 months and and with covid is that recruitment businesses recruitment business owners have realized that that marketing can and should play a much bigger role um, in their business a lot earlier on away from the traditional in inverted commas sales um, and for those companies that that do have or have had um, marketing resource within their business last year, certainly, um, you know, and, and part of this year uh, when the pandemic was around, gave, gave marketers a real chance to, to step up and show their value because businesses had to, they had to do things a different way. They didn't have candidates or jobs to, to sell to a certain degree, and they needed that that creativity and that added value um, through a really challenging period to, to keep brand awareness up, to, you know, to keep speaking with their, their audiences. And it, for the best recruitment businesses, that's carried on throughout throughout this year. When things have started to pick up and, you know, we all see it on, <laughs> on LinkedIn, we won't, we won't dive into the LinkedIn discussion. We had that, we had that before we hit record, but, you know, everyone's having record months, you know, jobs, jobs are everywhere. Obviously there's no candidates or anything, but um, the best recruitment businesses are continuing the marketing that they did last year in terms of adding value and they're, the low hanging fruit still there, job adverts and, you know, fancy looking presentations, but marketing still playing a role in, in really adding that, that value to nurture those long-term relationships. And I think 
you know, it's key for, from the buyer's point of view, from a marketing point of view, is that as we, you know, finish up 2021 and at the time that we're recording this, we're, you know, we should be in that planning stage to look for 2022 is that um, either in-house marketers or recruitment businesses that are looking to, you know, make marketing kind of a thing in, in 2022 is that now, now is the time to to pay attention uh, to it and get those um, get those plans in place. Yeah, and you mentioned the salient point being that you know marketing is taking a a, a forefront role sooner now than than um, than perhaps it did previously, which to me is massively refreshing because you know you and I have been in the industry for for you know long enough and probably for the same amount of time to known that that hasn't always been the case um, mm. and you know how many businesses would automatically hire a new recruitment consultant above a marketing person the marketing person is a cost a recruitment person generates sales and it's brilliant to see now that that cost center that marketing people have traditionally been put in appears to be dissipating as uh, as we go through time which is brilliant and I agree with you, uh, Glenn, uh, you know, the, the smaller organisations, SMEs in recruitment, which, you know, in, in our sector, fewer than, fewer than 10 individuals now getting involved in marketing as early as from the start, you know, from inception can only be a good thing because we lose a lot of talent in this sector, don't we? Mm. Of unnurtured people, uncared for people, really brilliant individuals who leave the sector because they just can't see a way forward and perhaps they're not being directed or managed or even, um, you know, appreciated in the way that they should be. Um, so what, what have you seen change over the last, not necessarily 18 months, but in terms of a mindset of a business owner and how they look at marketing, what, what's been a distinctly different change that you've seen? I think it's um, where you mentioned marketing being seen as a cost centre, and it's certainly, for obvious reasons, it's a narrative that I try to change, is, is that it's a lot easier now to position marketing as an investment. As you would, you, you can compare marketing, whether it's uh, an internal resource, whether it's a platform, whether it's a bit of tech. Um, I'm seeing more and more business owners, and, and maybe this is a, an age and a demographic thing of, of kind of the new age of business owners, they're treating it as an investment as if they would hiring a rookie consultant. You know, when, when business owners hire a rookie consultant or, you know, someone with no experience or, you know, something they've never done before, they're not expecting them to do a deal the day after. You know, they're likely to have a, a structured L&D program, an onboarding program that maybe lasts two, three months. And then you start seeing the results, you know, of the consultant, you start seeing the booked interviews, you start seeing the, well, client meetings in inverted commas. Um, and I think now that logic is being applied to marketing a lot more. And I think we're benefiting from, you know, um, the rise in, in good technology, um, good data, good insight, nowhere near enough to, um, you know, to compete with, I don't know, someone like the e-commerce world, but I think we're on that road uh, to get there from a marketing point of view. So I think there, yeah, there, there generally has been a, a mind, mind, um, mindset shift in that sense, like you say, to, to treat marketing as an investment. And I think some of that has come down to a little bit of the, the shift in the, in the recruitment models uh, that we see, we see now as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I mean, if you think about, and I, I you know, it's a different topic, the, the, the Gen Z stuff, which I'm massively passionate about. And you see these uh, kids, inverted commas, uh, coming through uh, from university um, over the next couple of years, um, particularly. And you note the type of individual that they are uh, likely to be distinctly different to the type of individual that you would have hired for a group business, say, 10, even mm. five, maybe even two years ago. Um, and actually, a lot of them come through with their mindset being marketing. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's stretching the point to say that recruitment consultants now aren't really salespeople, they're marketers. Um, potentially, that's another contentious, that's a contentious subject yeah. uh, down the line. But you see where I'm coming from, that that tips into where you're coming, you know, you're looking at with the, the 180 models, the 360 models. Um, what, what What's your thoughts and feelings on where marketing sits with those particular um recruitment models uh, i i think it, it depends on the legacy of the business uh, in in those businesses that are kind of a early stage a little bit smaller marketing is taking a lot more of a of a prominent role even from 180 to 180 i think you know it's kind of like 90 90 180 in some ways and one of those 90s is marketing it is filling up that that funnel as you know whether it's a funnel whether it's a, a flywheel whatever the um whatever the fashionable thing is to say at the moment but i think kind of the sales and the consultants aren't worrying about a lot of the what's anymore like marketing is doing the brand awareness they're they're affecting the the trust and the credibility part of it through through good content through through video um through you know great great written blogs and and interviews with their clients and candidates marketing's taken control of all of that now to the point of if it's done well when it kind of gets moved across the business into maybe qualification or sales is that people aren't picking up the phone and the other end of the phone is saying oh that's really good can you can you just send me a pdf about what you do because that, that, that's kind of been taken out by marketing now and the consultants or the salespeople are having a lot more engaged conversations a lot earlier on and again it does come a little bit down to to tech and you know through through your your showcase event that tech is uh, you know it's there for for everyone to see it's it's kind of working out what's right for you in your in your processes so i uh, it's a little bit tougher in the bigger businesses where there's legacy processes and it's a little bit of a shifting of a you know of an oil tanker in, in some ways unless you know the business owners has had an einstein kind of moment and they just like right we're ripping up starting again but again i, I think that's the challenge the bigger businesses has is the the smaller businesses can be a lot more agile in that sense they can embrace marketing processes they can try they can foul a lot a lot quicker but ultimately the the results are probably gonna you know you know prove themselves uh, in the end yeah so in the context of what you do you know consulting <laughs> with with recruitment agencies on their marketing strategies um <laughs> and you know what what they should and shouldn't be implementing and i do appreciate that it's a slightly subjective um question this or the answer is slightly subjective but what is it that you're seeing from marketers now that is really working? Because you and I had a conversation earlier about emails and the you know the the, the number of the, the velocity of emails. Perhaps that's not working so much. LinkedIn swamped with a load of polls and, and and noise just generally. So what what's working for the businesses that you that they, that you liaise with and and you know consult with that, that uh, you pass on as you know great 
tips for development? Yeah, I think what I'm I'm seeing is is that ownership, like mark marketers, and are, are taking kind of ownership of of stuff a lot more, and that might look like um, ownership of CRM or ownership of kind of auto marketing automation. Whereas previously that might have sat with an ops team, an IT team, finance, and, and marketing might have done something. Marketing might have created the templates or something for CRM, but marketing now is, is they're, they're controlling the journeys a lot more and they're kind of blocking off, if you like. They're, they're not allowing the conversations to happen unless they're ready to happen, if you kind of get what I mean. So, yeah, I think marketers, marketing, like I say, it's, it's the ownership. They're, they're digging into what the sales process looks like and then where does marketing play the role and how do we... Um, create the right content and send it at the right time one thing one you know in terms of a tip that a kind of takeaway in terms of stuff what i see that's not done well is that companies have invested a lot of money in certain places in tech in marketing tech in automation tech um but they haven't got anything to to put in it so it's a little bit of like being able to buy a ferrari and then not have any money left over to put any petrol in it so you can't drive it so you know there's automation and then there's automation you can automate sales messages you know we all get those where you get you send an email you don't read it you get another email two days later you know you don't read that and someone tries a sales tactic of putting re in it and you know trying to trick you which loses all your trust and credibility so but i think if you kind of step backwards understand what you want to be famous for understand how you can add value at each at each point you know on the last year for example you know a lot of emails were going out from good recruitment businesses that were just advising um hr departments how to deal with outplacements and the furlough scheme etc cetera, etc cetera. so identify how you can add value to your your key audiences um one thing Lisa says, you know, your candidates, your clients and your consultants with your three C's and, and obviously your cash with her fourth one um, is like, identify in each stage of the sales process how you can add value and make sure marketing is taking control of that. And just and like I say, that it is control. It's being a little bit more assertive as a, as a marketer for any marketers watching, being a little bit more assertive and saying, you know, this does not happen. Somebody does not send a mouse shot or they're not able to send a mouse shot to 500 people or then or anything until, you know, X, Y and Z has happened from a marketing perspective. Um, and, that, and that's and that's the kind of the key characteristic of a good business that has good recruitment marketing is that marketing is on that equal level um, in terms of the, the sales process as well, because they know where they are in that process. Yeah, and it's interesting the um, sort of taking initiative and being more assertive because um, I'm I'm quite often asked, um, and I'm sure you are asked. So perhaps you could advise how does that happen? Uh, so how does a marketer get a seat on the board, right? Because yeah. realistically, nothing's going to change significantly, or not. That's not the right. Nothing's going to change as quickly as perhaps it could without that authority, without that trust within you know peers and, and and of course directors of the business so what 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 can marketers do how do they get that to that position of authority where when they put together the crm and they're, they're developing a list and they're telling people what they can and can't do and i agree with you entirely they should own marketing should own CRMs. Mm -hmm. how do they do that 
Uh, I think, again, this is a traditional thing and it's something that I am seeing changing is that historically in recruitment businesses, um, the first marketing hire would be a grad. You know, it'd be someone with no experience. They'd be managing, they'd be managed by the business owner who has who hasn't got, you know, to be quite frank, any clue about marketing, and they're just told to do what they think they need to be done. Um, again, that's changing. I'm seeing 10-person recruitment businesses, you know, hiring 40, 45,000 pounds a year kind of marketers now, which which is a huge positive. But the key, you know, to to get your your voice heard and being completely frank, in in some cases, us us marketers have have ourselves to blame historically. You know, we're we're in some in some cases we're good at moaning, saying, "Oh, things should be done this way," and you know, talking uh, amongst ourselves about it, or or within our teams, or or just moaning around the business. But ultimately, what what you've got to do as a marketer is that you've got to understand what the business is trying to achieve. You've got to be in those conversations. What's the business looking to do in the next year, two years, three years? To, not, not to the point of financials, although it's good to know that because then you can match ROI. But, you know, what are the levels of repeat business in the business? Are, are they 60% at the moment? What's the target? Do you want to get that to 70%? That, that little thing there, just that one example, if you know that as a marketer, you can start saying, right, what's the marketing strategy going to be to help increase repeat business levels by 10% or, you know, increase, um, you know, the number of perm clients that we do contract with? How, how do we attack that uh, from a marketing point of view? Now, what that means is that you have to insert yourself into the conversation. You have to demand that you're in maybe not board meetings depending on the size of the business but you're in sales meetings and just sit there listen to the way that people speak and the conversations that are being had and then over time you will build up enough enough knowledge and credibility to to talk the language of, of recruitment and then you can go and build the business cases rather than saying you know ah, oh, you know Salespeople, they're sending, they're sending out, they're sending out mail shots. They're ruining all the work that I'm, that we're doing from an awareness point of view, and we're doing on LinkedIn and the content that we're writing. Oh, just stop doing it. You're able to come it from an angle saying we're doing all of this work. The impact that this work will have at each stage of the recruitment process is X, Y, and Z. And by the way, what will make that more effective is if the behaviours in the rest of the business are, are this this and that really. So I think it's just coming at it from a different ang- angle. And, you know, you've got, to, you, you've got to understand, understand the frustrations, understand the pain points of, of consultants, of business owners, and then create the solutions to it. it you know, it, it's applying the marketing tactics that you use externally to your own internal environment a lot of the time, um, which traditionally I don't, I don't think we're, we're brilliant at. Um, no. No, I, I think that I think that is probably a fair comment. So yeah, let, let's let's look at uh, let's look at some aspects of marketing and, <laughs> and see if we can be some soothsayers here let's go. Uh, and and look ahead to what we predict. Let's get to predictions. Social media. Oh. Let's start with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> every marketing professional in recruitment is going to be given the task of running social media accounts from <laughs> LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, again, depending on which areas you recruit, which sectors, you would argue that different platforms offer different um, possibilities and an opportunity. 
Um, where are we going with social media? Is it becoming a bit? Is it becoming a bit too noisy? And if it is, how do we cut through it? Are there platforms that we should be looking at that perhaps, generally speaking, we're not looking at? Um, I'm going to chuck Clubhouse in there. Um, and let's see. Is see that still around? It, yeah, exactly. It's only rise smiles we get for that. Um, but just generally speaking, what 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 for you um, are, the, are, the, are the, the platforms that work where people should be investing their time? Because that's that's a common um, that's a common uh, feeling amongst business owners, isn't it? You're spending too much time on whatever it is with no real guarantee of an ROI, if anyone, what you know, whatsoever. What what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, I completely agree with you that it is very noisy at the moment. Well, it, it, every every channel's uh, noisy. It's just a different type of noise on each one. I think, you know, we discussed it before we started hit and record. I think for recruitment in, in general, um, LinkedIn is still going to be a powerful platform, but probably at the at the personal branding level. And again, personal branding is not a phrase that I overly like, really, because it's it's it's, based, it's reputation, if, if anything. But and I think marketers have a role in terms of being able to educate and create toolkits for consultants on that level on LinkedIn. Um, you know, we we didn't mention it, and you know, you're 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 very unlikely to ever see myself on it at, at the moment. But certainly, if you're you know, if part of your marketing remit is employer branding and you're looking to attract hires to your business. Um, you know, I, I think TikTok is something that people have to genuinely pay attention to now um, in terms of especially if you're looking for, you know, those potential 18 to, to 21 year olds or even putting the plans in place moving forward. You know, so, so many recruitment businesses over the past year, 18 months are, are, are taking advantage of um, kind of Kickstarter and, and apprenticeship schemes. A lot of that key audience on there are on those platforms. And, you know, I'm not I'm not going to advise you on on what to create on, on TikTok because there's you know, there's far, far better people than than me who could advise specifically on that. But I think it's a channel that um, that needs to pay attention to. One thing I will say with with social media and and I think something in in the recruitment world that we we don't do enough of um is is utilizing the platform away from the pure organic stuff the time wasting stuff if you like we we spend a lot of wasted time and effort on on social uh, channels like you said to not get much return but look um yeah and, and ultimately all of these channels um will suppress organic reach more and more over time to to make people go towards uh, a paid model and i think if you're going to try and learn and upskill yourself as a marketer or as a business at the moment it's worth digging into a little bit of kind of paid for marketing uh, and retargeting stuff is use the platforms um where you can quite intelligently in terms of your segmentation and your targeting um, to get key messages out, don't expect results straight away, use it as brand awareness, but then add it on with retargeting. So your messages appear in, in different places over time. I think that's the that, that's probably the key on social media. People won't like to hear it, but spend spend a bit of spend a bit of money <laughs> on it really. You know, most one, one thing I, I say this quite a lot to recruitment business owners actually. 
you know, pretty much every recruitment business owner um, at the moment, um, you know, even more so than now, and they probably upped it, are offering to to pay internal staff or external staff, I don't know, £500 or £1,000 for, for a referral. Yeah, they're always willing to pay that. So to, again, from a mindset point of view, think about that. Would you be willing to pay £1,000 to guarantee an inbound candidate, client, or, or someone to work for you? Try it. Try it on, on paid-for advertising. You, you'll be amazed at how far that money might go if you're, if you're very targeted in that sense. So yeah, that's social media tick. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's an interesting point now as well, isn't it? Because I, I I get the impression there are many marketers working in recruitment who don't get a budget, right? Mm. So they no, they're expected, they're expected to you know pull out miracles on 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 a shoestring, um, and I think that has been always the way. It isn't the case for every business, I do understand, but generally speaking, the ones that I know and you know you know as many as I do, but you're coming from a, a slightly different angle. How, how does how do we overcome that? Because that PPC and you know the, the paid for stuff that you're talking about to most most marketing recruiters that are uh, recruiting marketers that I know just walks up. I can't do it. I just don't have the budget to do that. So give give, give an idea and an impression of what you could return and what that could look like from a cost perspective. I I, I think you should be regardless of whatever channel. I apply this to for probably job boards as well. Um, I, I think you should always be aiming for at least 10 times uh, the return. So if you're spending a thousand pound a month, you'd want 10,000 uh, pounds back in, in return. Uh, specifically on that budget point as well, you're, you're completely right. Very few um, recruitment businesses have a specific marketing budget. They might have a, accounts might have a, uh, advertising and marketing line on their accounts but it's usually a dump code um, it, it's not it's not thought through and I think again that's going back to what we discussed a little bit earlier is putting yourself in that conversation understanding what the business wants to do and working backwards from there so saying right if the business wants to achieve this from a marketing point of view this is the kind of stuff that we're going to do these are the resources that that we that we need and, and try and get that get that budget budget in place i think um anyone watching i usually say between five and seven percent of kind of nfi potentially is, is what a good marketing budget looks like within a recruitment business but what that also does and this you know if, if an owner's uh, watching this as well as a marketer is it creates a really good level of, of accountability for your for your marketer if you give them a budget that you've given them a little bit of responsibility to be able to build and stand by it it gives that level of accountability to to try and drive to try and drive results which is which is kind of what you want you don't want that that hide in place you want that certain level of structure to be able to report on and and you know drive budget up drive budget down whatever it might be but i think that's a that's probably a, a key upskill for a lot of marketers who may be watching this is you know don't be afraid of a, of an excel spreadsheet that maybe at the end you know gives you responsibility of i don't know 150,000 pound a year or whatever it might be because it, it will make you a better marketer having that responsibility knowing that you've kind of got results and again time wasting you you don't have to always try and you know fight your battles to try and get two thousand pound here or or a thousand pound there because you've put all of the hard work in 
hopefully, you know, if you're running January to December, put all that hard work in now and, you know, get 80% of your, of your spend sorted because you know what the business is trying to achieve as well. Yeah. And I guess for the more, the more experienced marketer, you would, if you're switching jobs and going into business, one of the questions you should be asking in interviews, what's the budget? And the answer to that question is zero. Are you really going to be, you know, you've got to consider whether that's the business you want to work for. Um, yeah. I, I, I or, or you challenge, you challenge it at an interview process and say, well, you know what? I love the business. I'd love to join here, but I would like to be able to build and, you know, control my own budget in that sense. So yeah, completely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, uh, let's again, let's do a little bit of uh, prognostication here. And that's a great word. That's a good word. <laughs> and for us, I couldn't use soothsayer again, could I? Um, <laughs> and and try, and try and see what, what next year looks like. And, and, and really the, the, the value that we see marketing um, bringing to, to the table, because the way that most recruiters are working now has shifted. Let's face mm-hmm. it, the last 18 months, whether or not they've switched from contingency to retained, whether or not they're doing half of that, maybe they've gone from perm to temp, maybe they're doing more contract work than they've ever done before, maybe they've switched industries. But generally speaking, the people that I know have adopted a new way of working, mm-hmm. irrespective. Um, and it is very much a marketing focus. If you look at what they're trying to do, which is provide inbound leads, Drop the you know the, the new biz stuff. Concentrate on more um, more valuable clients, uh, increasing their fees. Where where does marketing fit? What can they really be doing to add the value? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you in the shift, and I think a lot of the shift um, in the recruitment business that I work with and, and others that I have discussion with is they've become a lot have become very purpose-led, like, but genuinely (laughs) purpose-led. You know, I I think, you know, companies that are working in life sciences, for example, they they realise how much life sciences does really affect us all at the moment. And and they really want to be a part of that industry. You know, a lot of companies are focusing on, on that kind of diversity and inclusion in their specific sectors, you know, the right trying to promote female engineers or you know more more black people working in it what whatever it might be more and more recruitment businesses are going down that purpose-led route from from a genuine place which is you know which is fantastic to see and i think marketing's role in that is bringing it to life um again it's a little bit of an overused word but is that storytelling side of things and i think marketing's role moving moving forward in 2022 is to you know build the relationships with your audiences uh, whether it is your clients and your candidates and your internal staff is don't leave it to the consultants anymore you get yourself involved you get yourself speaking to the candidates and clients and start creating content and bringing those stories to life as much as you can in line with what your business is trying to do now that that's kind of the the easy part if you like is getting the storytelling stories there and thereabouts then it's effectively is how do you how do you kind of weave those into your into your marketing to, to ultimately like you say to drive to drive leads you know how, how do we distribute it is it on social media is it on our website is it on our e- through email marketing is it events is it us hosting our own events is it creating a podcast you know they're all questions to be asked but i think the key is 
is that don't do something once and leave it. I see, I see so much wasted content and time from, from marketing departments. It frustrates the hell out of me. And I know it frustrates the hell out of the marketers as well. It's like repurpose stuff, you know, try it in different formats. But yeah, I think the key, dig into that, that purpose, uh, use your audiences to do a lot of the hard work for you in terms of content. And then you focus on the, kind of in the distribution of it and making sure you're getting the insight back in terms of the the inbound leads and putting all those processes in place that's that that sounds really boring for something for next year but i think spending the time in getting the right tech it, that's right for your business and the processes in place to be able to demonstrate that the content work that, you, that you've already been doing is now going to pay dividends is is kind of where you need to be at yeah, it's, and it's certainly an evolving role, isn't it? You know, if yeah. I was a marketer now going to recruit business and what you just described there is actually what I'd want to do. I want to be at the forefront. I want to be sat behind a desk and, you know, just create, I don't know, clearing up some of the mess or doing a PR exercise or literally just spending life on, on social media or, or creating images, that kind of stuff, yeah. which of course is forms a part of a marketing role. But I want to be seen as part of the commercial vehicle. I want to be yeah. seen as being a person who's putting my head above the parapet and and almost being a, a you know a, a personal ambassador for the business that you're working for um, yeah, 100%. and and of course when your your target audience whether or not they're the the, the applicants for your roles or, or the clients you're trying to work with um are going to adopt a completely different view and standpoint if they're seeing the content coming through in a completely different way rather than a traditional sales call um and going in there as you were sort of alluding to at the beginning of the conversation then going in um with with more more of a uh, more nous and more more knowledge and more yes. structure uh, to your business yeah and like, like uh, I, th- I think that is the way it will continue continue to go you know that there's not as many recruitment businesses now who who want the who are hiring the the bold and the brash 21 year old bloke who likes to go out every thursday night well one they don't kind of exist as, as much anymore you know like generationally it's, it's just uh you know certainly to, to our time when, when we kind of first started in the industry and you know I, I wouldn't change those those times in terms of the experience i had but you know it has it has changed and um i think we need to um kind of take that on board that being said you know there will be some very sales led old school in, in inverted commas businesses out there and that and that's kind of that's kind of fine and if you are a marketer working at business and you're and you're you're fine with it don't try you know and create a revolution within that business but there's still you know stuff that you can do it might just be a little bit harder to push through new ideas and you might have to be a little bit rogue yourself and kind of go down the route and ask for forgiveness rather than permission um, in, in terms of introducing some kind of new tactics in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we're, we're, um, we're, we're coming to the end of time. I mean, I've just literally clicked on, I can't believe how quickly that's gone. Um, well, look, here, here we go. Let, let's put you on the spot then. Three <laughs> tips for recruitment marketers in 2022. Um, three tips. Uh, one, um, you're, you're the expert show you show yourself the expert you know don't don't let anybody else in your recruitment business kind of say that you're not a marketer um, or, or that they know better because they don't you've been hired as the you've been hired as the marketer so take that two it would be get a budget in place even 
if the company in inverted commas the finance the md says oh don't worry about that you know you, you don't need a budget just ask do it for your do it for yourself create a budget for yourself or for your team that you can then use as an anchor to keep yourself accountable to and number three um get yourself a login for your crm so many marketers don't dive into the crm understand what's going on in there understand the data the insight that's in there the conversations that probably aren't happening and um and nurture that database that it's it's criminal how many recruitment marketing uh recruitment CRMs um, and contacts on their CRMs have not been touched for years. So, you know, take that on as your responsibility to, to re-engage and own those um, kind of engagements and conversations going on. Terrific. Really, really yeah. valuable tips there. It's amazing how much it circles back to CRM, isn't it? Really, really is. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you entirely yeah. um, because that's where it all starts. And um, hopefully that's where your pot of gold is, isn't it? It is, um, yep. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for your time um, and sharing your experience and expertise. Where can people find you these days? Uh, not on TikTok, uh, but yeah, the, the, no, no, I'm not dancing there yet. You know where we all are. Um, you can you can find me over on LinkedIn. Um, the the company page is twoends.co, uh, but yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Terrific. Glenn, thank you so much. Really, really enjoyed that. 